I dream that one day mental illness will be met with the same empathy as a physical illness. That people won't look down on you when they know you live with a mental illness and fight battles in your mind daily. This podcast is for those living with a mental illness, but also those who want to understand it. I wanted to create a space where mental health and illness conversation are normal and in turn expand that conversation to the rest of society in hopes of breaking the stigma. Our Secret Self, Living with a Mental Illness is about finding people you can relate to through shared experiences, finding a way out of isolation, getting some answers to your questions about mental health and mental illness, finding out some helpful information about things that might make you feel better, and having a place to talk freely without feeling judged. Every other week, we're going to be talking about mental illness matters with others who live with a mental illness. To those in the mental health profession, we'll share inspirational stories and quotes, as well as discuss mental illness topics. My name is Elise Solonar, and I am so, so happy that you decided to join me today. So let's do this. I know we recently talked about overthinking, and I kind of mentioned how sometimes I have a hard time sleeping because your brain just kind of goes into over more over uh, overdrive. That's the word I'm looking for. I wanted to talk a little bit more about kind of why I know it seems like depression kind of seems to get worse at night. And this could be the case for some other, um, I guess, mood disorders or other mental illnesses, since I'm not familiar with some of the symptoms of other mental illnesses, since I mainly have dealt with depression and some anxiety. I can't really speak to those just yet and uh, haven't found too much research. But I was reading something recently, and I can't remember, I just, I read so many things, that it was saying, you know, you could kind of have a decent day, maybe have a lot going on and you feel like it's been a good day, but at night, for some reason, your depression just seems to amplify. Maybe even other mood disorders seem to amplify. So that feeling of sadness, hopelessness, kind of loss of interesting, loss of interest in things that you loved, um, just, again, it, it increases. And it seems like from a study, I know there was some research done somewhere between, I think, 2008 to 2015, I think two studies actually, that was saying bright lights, like the white and the blue light, actually keeps us awake longer. So I know you've probably seen some of those apps that, you know, give kind of a rose-ish tint to your screens. And I know I mentioned this, I think, in probably the last episode, how I, you know, try not to be around screens and TV late at night, because I know it helps to keep you up. And it seems like because it helps to keep you up, it's also worsening your depression symptoms. And I'm going to go out on a limb there and say it's probably making symptoms of other mental illnesses a little worse as well. Just because, you know, things like that kind of mess up your circadian rhythm. So that was kind of interesting to uh, hear that study recently. Um, And it was like a brief kind of summary of that study. I had to find that specific study in depth, but I thought that was really interesting. So I'm going to try a a little, uh, like a study of my own and try for like two weeks to limit my screen exposure or TV exposure, that white and blue light for like two hours before bed, just to see if that does anything. And I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys know kind of uh, what I find with my little mini study. But what I was reading was also saying, you know, your depression or mean other mood disorders, other mental illnesses might get worse at night also because you don't have as many distractions at night. You know, during the day, you've got stuff going on, you're trying to get things done. 
but at night, you know, you're, you're trying to calm your mind and trying to fall asleep. So there's no exterior distraction, kind of keeping your brain busy and keeping those intrusive thoughts at bay. So that really kind of helps to allow for any negative energy and negative thoughts and whatever to kind of come back that, that tape recorder in your brain. So without that yeah, without everything else going on around you, that's kind of why uh, your depression or, uh, again, another mental illness kind of seems to get worse at night. And let me know if, if you have maybe OCD or anxiety or BPD or another mental illness, and you kind of have noticed that too. Your symptoms seem to get worse at night. But yeah, it was saying that those who consider themselves to be night owls normally seem to have those symptoms increase at night compared to those who get up earlier in the morning because you know usually if you're a night owl you're watching tv late at night or you're scrolling social media before you go to bed so i told you recently that i do read articles from the mighty i think it's a good resource for anything related to mental illness and mental health and I've kind of picked up on some things that do help some, um, gosh, I can't even think of, not resources, I'm trying to think of the best word, just, uh, yeah, helpful treatments, non, non-medical treatments, I guess uh, we could call it that, that could help with some things to kind of quiet your mind at night and maybe help to lessen those symptoms of depression or any other mood disorder. So I've seen a lot of things mention journaling. You know, I've, I've tried it myself, but I, I need to get into a better habit of that. I think it, it could help. I did try it for a while. I think there were times that I'd go like a month at a time <laughs> journaling and then I'd, I just kind of forgot about it because other things were happening. And I don't know, a part of me kind of felt good getting that energy out of me and onto paper, you know, when it's hard to kind of reach out to somebody else, putting your feelings and thoughts and whatever else into word form and at least getting it out there, I think really does help. So I kind of encourage you and I'm going to encourage myself to try to start journaling again because I think it was kind of helpful. And you know, your journal entries don't need to necessarily make sense. It's, I feel like thoughts in my head have just been going like 5,000 miles a minute and like everything I just felt like was so chaotic and, you know, even just kind of writing you know, maybe I'd have one little thought and then it would be completely different for the next thought. Just I just write whatever comes to mind in my journal and it just, reading it back was weird. So maybe you don't need to necessarily read it back, but at least getting all of your words and what's in your head out onto paper, I think that could really help. So then you don't have all of that circulating in your brain while you're trying to sleep. So then, you know, hopefully all of those overthinking thoughts are on paper and you can hopefully maybe fall asleep a little better. Now, I also mentioned it in one of the earlier episodes. I've tried melatonin. I know personally that I cannot take melatonin for more than three days because it gives me horrible nightmares because there were, I have kind of did my own little study on this. I just tried taking melatonin at times and then would stop and then try it again. And I noticed when I would take melatonin, usually two days didn't bother me, but I think it was like really integrated into my system by like day three and Woo! There were times that I would wake up and I'd be confused as to where I was or whatever nightmare was kind of going on would, yeah, just wake me up. And it was really, it was really kind of um, 
unnerving. So, you know, if melatonin doesn't bother you, maybe try melatonin. I don't think regularly you want to take that just because your body does get used to certain dosages of things. So maybe like every other day or a couple times a week, you know, maybe even every two days or something. But of course, you know, I'm not a medical doctor. You do want to check with an actual medical doctor before you do uh, start melatonin or anything like that. But I know me personally, Mm, I try to stay away from melatonin. I know another thing you could probably drink, um, to have is just to drink some tea. I'm trying to think of, is it chamomile tea and lavender tea or something? I don't know if it's ever helped me, but I know some people it's really beneficial for. Uh, I want to say I had a relative who told me that they have had chamomile tea often and that really helps them fall asleep. And then I know... I'm trying to think of what it is. I know there's an essential oil. I gotta do this research and find it for you. I know there's an essential oil that apparently helps you fall asleep. Like I think you rub it on the bottom of your feet and that should help as well. Another thing you can do later at night is just maybe find some activities that don't give off that artificial light. So find something that's not TV related or computer related or on your phone. I mean, I don't want to say like start a board game or something, but you know, maybe you can put a puzzle together. I know I've done that and you sometimes feel a little wired afterwards, but sometimes it's a little, it's, you know, therapeutic to put a puzzle together, just trying to, you know, find where everything goes. So that's something you can maybe do or, or, you know, maybe you've got a really easy craft or something that you could do to help. So I think kind of the takeaway from this is, if you're having your symptoms from your mental illness, mood disorder, um, anything like that, that seem to get worse at night, it really kind of seems like there is decent research out there that kind of correlates those increased negative symptoms with the blue light, the white lights. So, I mean, even if you're one of those people who, you know, you have to be on your phone while you're getting ready for bed, or maybe you, maybe you even like reading a book, that's another activity, read a book. Uh, but maybe you like reading a book on a Kindle or whatever the newfangled technology of what you can, there's so many different things you can read books on now. So whatever you use, you know, if you do find yourself um, reading a book on, on a tablet or something late at night, or scrolling your phone, or even if you have to be on your computer, maybe even just trying to install one of those apps. Um, I know I've used, I think, Easy Eyes as an app on my phone. I think I've got that app on, I have really old uh, Kindle Fire from like, I don't even know, 2008. <laughs> it's, it's quite old. But on my computer, I've got its Flux, F-L-U-X. That's the app that you can run that kind of tints your screen at night. So it gets rose colored. So it's not really impacting your circadian rhythm as much. But yeah, it seems like some of those symptoms are really tied to your circadian rhythm. So I think just by hopefully being able to improve sleep and stuff like that, hopefully that should be able to kind of maybe lessen those symptoms. So I encourage you, I know I mentioned I'm going to try it for at least two weeks because I know even like when you're cutting out stuff from your diet to notice an impact, it usually takes about two weeks. So I think hopefully it'll be the same way with kind of cutting back on the white light and the blue light. And even though I've got those tints on my computer and my uh, my phone and other screens, I might just try to limit any of that technology 
uh, activity at least two hours before bed and see what that does. So hopefully, you know, I notice after about two weeks, like maybe my sleep will improve uh, and maybe hopefully I won't have those thoughts, you know, the overthinking in hyperdrive when I go to sleep. So, you know, I encourage you to try the same thing and let me know your results. I will be sure to update you on my results as well. And if you want to let me know if you kind of do this mini study with me, our secret self <laughs> study here, nothing, nothing really medically advanced or whatever, you know, let me know on the Instagram page, Our Secret Self Living with a Mental Illness, or be sure to join the private Facebook group as well. It's a judgment-free zone where we can have all these conversations about mental health and mental illness. I would love to hear from you. And again, I want to thank you so much for being with me on the podcast today and look forward to having more mental health and mental illness conversations with you in the future. You all have a fantastic day. I hope you enjoyed today's topic and found something helpful in the episode. If you liked the conversation from today, be sure to join us in the private Our Secret Self Living with a Mental Illness Facebook group to get involved in more mental health and illness-related conversations. If you think this podcast and Facebook group could help a friend or loved one, be sure to share this episode with them and invite them to the group. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And I look forward to having you join me next week. In the meantime, I want you to take a deep breath, give yourself grace, and believe in the possibility of tomorrow.